inside of them. And I believe when we're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit that we have revelation and we receive revelation and we can receive instant revelation. And that's what I love about these guys is um, I've, been, I've been working with these guys and um, we, we work in a team together. And to sit at a table with these guys and just to see how God pours revelation into them and it just pops out right there. And all of them will admit there's been times when um, they've received revelation sitting there and they, they go, oh, man, that's good. I got to write that down. I didn't know that, you know. And, and so these guys, you know, we, we rely uh, on the Spirit of God to speak to us. And, um, you know, he speaks to us in many ways. Um, he, he speaks to us like, you know, he can speak through us through a person. He can speak to us through a song. He can speak to us through a dream, a vision, um, through um, mi- just many, many ways. Right, guys? Agreed? Okay, so we are going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak here today. Hallelujah. And the I- incredible thing is, is we're all on the same playing field. You know, none of us are... Or, or standing on a, a, a podium that's, you know, taller than the other person, so we're better, you know. None of us are like that, you know. Teresa's sitting there going, get off them seats, you know. But, uh, I'm going to move that chair over there, and that's going to be the one you'll sit in next week, Teresa. So, but, I love, Teresa's my spiritual mother, and she kind of keeps me in line, praise God. So, we feel like, how many of you have felt the, the, the air shifting, the direction changing around here as far as worship is concerned and, and prayer is concerned? And, and I'm telling you, um, it all goes hand in hand. And how the prayer has started getting so proactive back in that room. We have prayer warriors going back there and just praying until... till. A lot of times they can't do it anymore or till the service starts and they're ready to go. And then by the time we get in here, man, we're feeling that anointing. Oh, he used the word anointing. What's anointing? I'm going to let these guys explain. But one of the things that's been on my heart is um, we're using a lot of terminology around here. And we want to bring you along in the process of what's going on in worship because I've... um, can I say names of people who have come to me and said, I don't like that? Okay. All right. So I'm going to point you out today. No, just joking. Well, you want to talk about emptying a church really quick. Um, no. No, there's been, there's been people that have been like, let's go. There's been people that have been like, oh, no. There's been people like, what are you doing? And I, I've, I've told everybody, I'm just trusting the Lord. I'm just trusting what God's doing here in worship. Because I feel uh, there, there's the, the eldership in this body uh, was gracious enough to hear from the Lord and say, Hey, Todd, would, would you step in and, and uh, help lead the next, next whatever, you know? And I feel like we're going into that. We are, we are changing who we are. As far as worship is concerned, we are changing. Um, you know, it was. Uh, I told my wife yesterday. I'm going to say this. You know, I told my wife yesterday. Um, uh, I was washing dishes. Yes, I wash dishes. I'm sorry, Jim. Jim's looking at me like, "Don't ever say that or do that." Uh, do, that's your job. All right, brother. Do you like to vacuum? I love vacuuming. Oh, okay. All right. When I vacuum, it goes this way, then a crisscross, and then back this way, just to make sure. But um, <laughs> all your kids are out of house, man. Mine aren't. So, but um, we um, we feel like uh, the Lord is just pouring out in a new way, new direction. So when I was washing dishes yesterday. The Lord just spoke something to me as I was standing there. And I said, oh, my gosh, Shannon. I said, man, God just said something to me so cool. And I wish I could tell you what it was, but I'm not going to. Oh, man, that's a hanger, ain't it? But I 
and believing the Holy Spirit is just pouring out amongst us like that. And He's going to speak to us. And so what we're going to do today is um, we're going to talk about worship. And we're not going to talk about it in the box form, okay? We're going to talk about it in the form of what's it looking like here? Where's it going? What is this? What's happening? You guys are crazy, especially if you come on Friday night worship. Sometimes you would think we've kind of lost it. But I'm telling you what, when you feel the presence of God and the Holy Spirit pour out like he has, you just you just throw yourself into it and you go, you know. So I want to... Uh, I'm going to read a couple terminologies real quick, uh, 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 words that you've been hearing. Yeah, go ahead and put them up. Okay. We've been hearing, um, you know, presence, press in, freedom, fire, change. We are here for you, waiting here for you. If you want it, come and get it. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We've been hearing this come out through songs. We've been hearing this come out through words. We've been hearing this in the prayer room. It's it's funny, the other day me and Cornell was talking about this, and um, he said, you know, brother, he said, I think this is going to be good. He says, because people hear, you know, someone comes in here and say, hears us singing, God set fire to me, you know, and you're like, I, I don't want God to set fire to me, you know. I, I don't want to be set on fire, you know. And um, so, so, you know, stop, drop, and roll. Praise God. So, anyways, we've been hearing a lot of them them terminologies. You know, um, well, God's presence is already here. Why do we have to wait? Why do we Why do we have to cry out to God? Why do we have to be still before God? Why do we got to be loud before God? Why do you got to be so energetic before God? Why do you got to be so loud before God? These men are going to answer all them questions. I'm done. So, no. Okay, so I'm going to throw this before these guys, and whoever wants to go at it, you go at it. Slide one, what is this that we're doing here, fellers? Well, one thing I'd like to start off with is uh, those of you who have been around for a while, uh, you've heard me mention that there are two specific things that I feel like the Lord put on my heart that he wanted to do here. One was develop a culture of honor, you know, walking in love towards one another. And I'm not saying them necessarily in the right order. And the other one was develop a culture of expectation. And I believe what the Lord is emphasizing, uh, we've been talking about relationship at least a couple of times. Uh, Todd seems to think that's what we're about, relationship. I don't know where you got that idea. But um, basically out of the scriptures, when when um, Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said these, they're the, they're the same. Love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. A culture of honor, learning to love one another, and a culture of expectation where we just invite God to come and do what he wants to do. And I believe that the main avenue that he's doing that and will continue to do that is through the area of praise and worship. And when uh, Todd mentioned about his presence earlier, I'm going to read a verse out of um, see John chapter 14. Let's see, I just had it, but my, uh, verse 20. In that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Let's see. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. And so right there we see that there is a special manifestation of God's presence for those who honor and obey God. Because we know that God is omnipresent. He, he's everywhere. But we can also see in Scripture that there is a special, tangible manifestation of God's presence that is made available. You know, just like the word says, he inhabits the praises of his people. And so when we engage in certain things, particularly praise and worship, God's special manifest presence comes, and that's what we want. We want his presence. We want to dwell with him. Remember, he also said, draw close to me, 
and I will draw close to you. I mean, if God's everywhere, then what do you mean draw closer? You know, so it, it can be kind of hard to understand, but we can see that the, through the terminology that God is wanting us, he's wanting to manifest himself in a special way so that we can experience him, experience his changing us. See, it's not just about the goosebumps and the feeling good, although that's part of it. It, it is awesome. You, you can't have an, an emotional experience in his presence, but it's about him changing us so we can be more like him. So we're more surrendered to him so that his kingdom can manifest through us in a greater way. Amen. So I believe that as he's saying that uh, developing a culture of expectation, I believe that the number one, if I put it in one word that, or one phrase, the number one thing is experiencing his presence through praise and worship. Just to follow up uh, with Pastor C.J., on the, uh, you, you, we're still doing, uh, why are we here? Or what, what, uh, what, what is this? You know, we are, we are about uh, relationship. It's one of the key things, intentional, relational discipleship. And you'll notice you hear the word relationship over and over and over again. And why, why is that? Why is that important? Well, one, our relationship with the Lord, everything flows through that, from that relationship, but we need to be accountable to one another, right? You know, we need to be vulnerable to one another, and we need one another to grow in the Lord. If we're really going to do what Pastor CJ said, love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. You know, we're going to have to roll up our sleeves and we're going to have to do the dirty business of entering into relationship where we can be vulnerable, we can be hurt, you know, we can be offended, you know, we can be challenged, and we can be held accountable. And all of that are important elements to us becoming more like Christ, to us allowing the Lord to manifest the kingdom in us and through us. Amen. And so 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 when you see that we're inviting the presence of the Lord, uh, we're wanting his manifest presence. We're wanting him to do a work in each and every one of us in whatever form that takes. And we need to be open to the Lord to allow him to use others, you know, to, uh, to, to in his in his process of molding us. Amen. So that's why relationship is so important to us. Um, too long, we have held our own private business to ourselves, afraid of being judged, afraid of what people might think, you know, and that fear has prevented us from doing what's necessary for us to grow in the Lord. And so as a church and as a leadership, we're challenge, constantly challenging you to overcome that fear, overcome that fear, and just lay yourself on the altar of the Lord and allow him to do in your life what he wants to do. No matter how, how much it may hurt, no matter how uncomfortable it may be, for the benefit of knowing him in a greater way. For the benefit of being more effectively used by him to make a difference in, in others' lives. Um, with regard to the what of this is, you know, or what is this, um, I'm just, you know, I'm going to talk about this one aspect that I think that really the church has, has, I'm not going to say lost, but maybe perhaps they, uh, we've not had a generation, the current generations have not really been, this has not been cultivated and brought up, uh, and that is the anointing. Uh, what is the anointing? I mean, that's a term that you hear a lot of times thrown around from from a church perspective, teachers, preachers, and so forth from the pulpit that talk about the anointing. And when you talk about worship, the anointing, you know, we talk about the presence. Well, what the anointing is, quite simply, is the presence of God manifest on the vessel, on the moment, on the t in the temple. Do you see what I'm saying? It's the manifest power of God to do something. I'm trying to put it in as simplest terms as I can. And if you look at, at the New Testament in particular, 
you know, from the original language from which it, it's, it's drawn, there's a couple words that are used. But the, the basic word is the word creo. And it's where the word Christ comes from. And the word Christ, a lot of people think, is Jesus' last name. And it is not Jesus' last name. It's a declaration of who Jesus was, that he was the one upon whom the manifest presence of the power of God resided. The anointing. The anointed one and his anointing. So if you look at that, the word Christ, that's where that comes from. But uh, what I want to bring out is, is that the worship is a vehicle for the anointing. It's a way by which the anointing is, is ushered in. And so you, people that, are, that move in the anointing, that are used to, to moving in the anointing, guess what they've learned a lot of times? We need to get the minstrel to, to set the context, you know, to be, the, be someone that would usher in. We need, we need the door for the anointing oftentimes. And what is that? And let me give you just an, an example, 2 Kings 3.15. This is Elisha. He's being asked to bring the word of the Lord to a king. And it was a king with whom he didn't have relationship. But nonetheless, because of a king that he did have relationship and that he respected because of the anointing that was upon him and because he had requested it, he, he followed suit. Listen to what Elisha said. So he's just been asked, bring the, bring the word, brother. Well, let me tell you that the prophets in and of themselves did not have the word of God. The word came because of the anointing that would come upon them. And listen to what it says. It says, but now bring me a musician in 2, Corinthians 3, or 2 Kings 3.15. This is Elisha talking. Okay, you want the word of the Lord? Okay, I've got to have the anointing to bring the word. This is how it's going to come. Now bring me a musician. Well, let me ask you something. Who's musician? What was the purpose for the musician? I think it's very simple. They played before the Lord. It was the one that was anointed to, to, to worship and create the habitation for the Lord for the moment. Y'all see what I'm saying? And it says, then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. I submit to you that it's no different today. Let me just talk about Acts 16.25 as one of many examples. Paul and Silas in the jail, having been beaten to a place that I guarantee you, it said many lashes. Those boys weren't sitting there just, you know, thinking about other things because there was a lot of pain in their, their, their body from a physical perspective. They had one way to buffet that, to work through that, and guess what they did? It says at midnight, Paul and Silas sang, prayed and, and, and. That's right. Y'all see what I'm, I mean, I, I'm saying it three times because I want people to understand there's an aspect of what brings the anointing. And I like what one minister says, too oftentimes the focus is so much on prayer, prayer, prayer. Brother, we have prayed until our knees are worn out. I think a lot of times we forgot about the end. Paul and Silas prayed and worshiped. They sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, so they weren't quiet about it. And I'm going to end by just saying worship brings and is a vehicle for the anointing, the manifest power of God. What does it say after that happened? It said the power of God hit that jail and shook it. And the doors were open, their bonds were loosed. Hallelujah. And people came to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what we want. So that's what I see as one aspect of the what is this. You know, I could, I could see Paul... I, I could see them in there. I could see them in there singing, break every chain, break, you know. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you'd really be crying out at that time, wouldn't you? You know, <laughs> I mean, I think that's where that song came from, actually, you know. Uh, we're just catching up with it. Um, 
as we know, boy, I mean, that place came apart, didn't it? I mean, praise God. But, you know, um, well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because um, I, I know these three men could go off on talking about the corporate anointing, what God does in a corporate body, how he works in the midst of all of us together. I mean, so I mean that that's like, you know, uh, that's like a spiritual tornado going off, you know, when we get that going. You know, so, um, but um, I want to go ahead and throw these questions out here. I'm going to throw three of them out at, at one time because, uh, as uh, I said, um, I know the presence of God can come on these guys and we could be here a while. One of the things that we're wanting to do is have an opportunity at the end of this to uh, go into God's presence through some worship and praise. And so um, what I'm going to throw out there is how do I do it, where do I do it, and when do I do it? Men? Um, who wants how do I do it? Cornell, you look like a how do I do it kind of guy. Come on, man. How do I do it? How do we praise? How do we enter into the presence of God? How, how, do, how does this praise thing work? Hmm. <laughs> The word's there, man. It's it's. it's. <laughs> well, Mandy, I hope you don't expect anything deep, brother. I'm just going to tell you. You know, but but to me, it, it's pretty simple. You know, when we talk about when we talk about praising and 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 worshiping the Lord. You know, it, it's more than just singing a song. You know, uh, it's more than just coming. Uh, it's more than just coming to the Lord uh, for a reason X, Y, and Z. You know, we're approaching the Lord with a heart that really is set on drawing near unto Him, and and and, and really adoring Him for, for for the King of Kings that He is. All right. So picture the Lord on a throne. You know, uh, we, I know we're in a democracy. But let but let's imagine you know uh, 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 we're in Britain or something, <laughs> you know, and 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 when you approach the king, you don't just flippantly walk up to the king and say, "Yo, what's up?" Right? You don't just come you you don't just come to him any old way. There is a protocol, all right. There is an appropriateness. There is a way that you approach him, you know, and so. Our Heavenly Father is holy. Amen? And so, as we approach him, and, and we, we approach him to worship him, you know, the first thing I do, you know, is I acknowledge the Almighty. I acknowledge him as holy. All right? I'm, I'm approaching you, my holy Heavenly Father. You know? And, and, and I bow before him. All right? You know, uh, I, you wouldn't look a king right in the eye when you approach him, right? You, you, you bow before him out of reverence and respect for who he is. Amen? So in my heart, I'm bowed before him. And, and, and then I bow before him. I am acknowledging and declaring that I am submitted to his authority. I am submitted to his rule. I belong to him. Amen? And that, that, that's the beginning of it, how, how, how it all gets started. And then, and then I just begin to declare from my mouth, utter from my mouth, Oh, Heavenly Father, I, you know, I love you, Father God. Oh, Holy One, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Just begin to just declare his righteousness, his holiness. Amen? Now, I, I, I'm not asking a thing from him. I haven't even started praying yet. <laughs> all right? You know, and I think a lot of times we go at the Lord from an emotion standpoint. You know, our, inten our intensity depends upon what's going on in our lives. You know what? And God is deserving of so much more than that. 
You know, it's not about what's going on in my life. It's always about who he is. What he means to me. Amen? Amen? So I'm going to leave the rest of, of it, some room for you guys to comment. But I believe that that's, it's important how we approach him in the first place. Uh, the, uh, 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 the Lord's Prayer, you know, what did it say when it starts off even in prayer? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. You know, so it's all about what God wants. It's all about pursuing and, 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 and wanting the heart of God to come to pass. That needs to, be a, that needs to be an important element of our worship. Okay, not just how we start a prayer, but that's an important element of our worship. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I usually say in, in me, in my life, as it is in heaven as well. You know, and that sets me up to have the right heart, the right mindset, you know, as I continue on in, in, in a time of sanctified worship of the Lord. You know, one of the things that I'd like to say on that, too, that um, I, I think that's really, really good. You know, um, I look at a lot of things in uh, 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 child father type relationship. You know, I think about my daughters a lot of times. And, um, you know, when there's that understanding, you know of what this looks like and what it is and and really people how beautiful it is to to go into the presence of God and dwell in that place you know um I, I think about it too in this terms you know uh, Cornell was talking about how how he enters into the presence of the Lord sometimes or you know I, th I I've always looked at it this way too you know once you've entered there you know who your daddy is you know and, and he's got an open refrigerator policy. You know, it, it, it's not, you come and ask me every time you get in my fridge, boy. You know, I, I, you know I've been some places where they're like, what are you doing in my fridge? And I was like, getting something to eat. Uh, we don't do that here. You know, and, and <laughs> I was like, gee, Teresa, I mean, come on, you know. No, I'm joking. Now, I guarantee you that lady had let me in her icebox any time. But, um, you know, there, there is that, that open policy, you know, where he's like, you know, come and get it. Come, come and feast with me. Come and eat. Let's fellowship, you know. Let, let's have some relationship. And so um, I, um, I don't want to get caught too long. Um, but I'm going to put this one before Greg because... Greg is a man that spends countless hours on the road, going to the city, going to work. Greg, where do we do it and when do we do it, man? <laughs> In your car. <laughs> you know, honestly, man, I love my car because it's my own zone, man. I mean, like, I know people have looked over and thought, dear Lord, what's that guy doing over there? Because I don't have no headphones in, you know. It's like if someone's got headphones in or a cell phone attached to here, then it's, you know, people, it's understood that he's talking to someone. But when I'm in there going to stuff like this, and I know people are like, what in the world is that guy doing over there? Uh, <laughs> okay, so where? Uh, just real quickly, a couple of concepts. <clears throat> Isn't this cool? This is part of what we feel as a leadership team the Holy Ghost is leading us to. Man, Pastor, thank you. This is awesome, man. Uh, the temple of God, both individually and collectively. The temple of God. Where do we do this? The temple of God, both individually and collectively. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 3.16 says. It says, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. I've gotten in trouble for saying Holy Ghost before. Some people come, you call him a ghost? Come on, people. <laughs> the temple of the Holy Spirit. How many of us would think that's the individual temple? That's me. How many of us raise their hand? That's me. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I want to read to you the amplified version so you got your 
Got your headphones on? Do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth, are God's temple, his sanctuary, and that God's spirit has permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually? To me, that just blows out of the water just the individual concept of this. Because the where in terms of the temple of God is covered both as an individual temple, but then as we assemble together. Folks, this is the reason why we come together as a body of believers. To be members fitly joined. Because guess what? We only know in part and prophesy in part. CJ has a part. Cornell has a part. Todd has a part. You know, Stephen has a part. All of you all have a part, but guess what? When we come together, the sum parts bring a total. Amen? And I like what, what one scripture says about us being lively stones. And I believe the Holy Spirit's told me one point in time that when we come together as lively stones, that at, we have an opportunity, Pastor, every time we come together to be assembled a new temple, something that's never existed before. Hallelujah for that. It's a tremendous, incredible opportunity. A new temple, a new dwelling that God's never seen before, that he's never inhabited before. It's different than it was last time. So that's a really cool concept of it. And so I just want to share uh, one more thing. 2 Corinthians 5, 13 to 14. 2 Corinthians 5, 13 to 14. Um Oh, actually, it's Second Chronicles. I'm sorry, Second Chronicles five thirteen fourteen. It came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord when they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, "For He is good, and His mercy endures forever." That the house was filled with the cloud, even as the house of the Lord, so that the priest couldn't stand to minister by reason of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. That to me is a very good picture of what we're talking about. Lively stones coming together to be assembled together. And guess what? When we come together in unity, the Holy Ghost, the manifest presence of God will indwell us. The cloud comes in, brothers and sisters. The Holy Spirit comes in to dwell dwell that place. And I tell you, we will get to the place to where when we come in contact, into the concept and understanding of these living, this living stones concept. When we come together, we'll be more unified. We'll be a habit, an, an habitation that will be uh, built up by the Holy Ghost as He desires it to be built up. The cloud will come in and it won't be necessary for the ministers to do anything because guess what? The presence of God will be doing the work. Hallelujah. Um, this one, whew, Greg, that was good. <laughs> uh, um, this one, I, I'm going to let uh, CJ have this one because me and him have, uh, through the years, because we work together, um, you know, believe it or not, when, when we started working together, our relationship was not this close, was it, CJ? You know, maybe we, you know, we had to learn to work and th- work into this relationship thing. I mean, um, we've had to be intentional in that. You know, we had to be definite that we were going to have a relationship. And, um, you know, CJ and me have sat down before and he's told me stories of, of being home. And, and uh, Lisa, I'm going to tell some stories. Okay. All right. Uh, if you didn't know it, Lisa and CJ have some boys and one girl, you know. And when I say some boys, they have boys, you know. And um, CJ has told me stories where I kind of would lock a picture in my mind of flower bag flying in the air, CJ diving to save something, you know, uh, Lisa grabbing a kid before it falls out the door, you know. I mean, I see these pictures sometimes, you know. And, but he talks about how when them storms are going on, how him and Lisa will go, okay, everyone come together. We're going to worship together as a family. And I would like him to talk about 
when do I do it, CJ? And you've told me some incredible stories, you know, of when you've worshipped in places you've worshipped where, uh, you know, everywhere from Walmart to, you know, I mean, his home to, to this place, you know. But CJ? Well, since you started off with the context of the home, I'll just mention that first, that um, one thing that I've seen has been the most incredible changer in our family has been worshiping at home. You know, when, if we expect to come to church on Sunday and just expect our kids to start worshiping or get into it because it's the thing to do at church, it, it doesn't typically work that way um, because, well, for various reasons, as you can understand. But when you train them at home, not singing songs, but training them to experience God's presence, that what we are doing is important. And we've had, and you can imagine, we've, we've had wonderful chaos in our home. And we've had not so wonderful chaos in our home um, where, you know, attitudes, testosterone out the, you know. I mean, when you have five boys plus me, <laughs> it can be pretty chaotic. And, but the thing that we've seen change things over and over and over again is when we say, okay, guys, we're just going to get in the living room and we're just going to begin to worship. And we can have attitudes and, and all this kind of stuff. But when we come and get in God's presence, we've seen God do wonderful things and namely change the hearts of people, change the attitudes of, I mean, me included. I mean, not just, all right, God, change my kids, but also me. And it's a wonderful time of allowing God to do that. And so I would encourage you as a family to make that, just begin to do that. And, and look for fun ways, especially engaging the younger children. You know, they don't have to be older, but get them Get them started early, and there's wonderful resources out there. Of um, we like to use DVDs where you can you can see the people. So it's like you're joining in on a worship service on TV. And a lot of times you can get the the subtitles to show on that. Um, but I encourage you to do that. Also, when to do it? Talk some about when to do it in the time of need. You know, because God invites us. You know, it is about Him, but He also makes it about us because we have relationship with Him. But when we have time of need. God, I need you. I'm, I'm hurting. I'm, I'm desperate. I'm just messed up. And he invites you to come into his presence. Invite you. You know, in John, excuse me, James chapter 4, when he's, he's getting on to people, you adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? And, and those, those pretty hard verses right there. But you know, down in verse 7-ish, and it talks about submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And then he says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Uh, repent, and I'm, I may not be saying it all right. Repent, you miserable sinners, and, you know, wash your hands, all that kind of stuff. He's getting on to them because they've been doing bad. You know, there's murder among you and all this kind of stuff and everything. But you notice in the midst of him getting on to them, he says, draw near to me. And, you know, he didn't say, repent, get yourself right and all that kind of stuff, then draw near to me. He says, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hand, you dirty sinners. In other words, he's saying, come on, come on, come as you are. So no matter how messed up you feel, no matter how, I mean, when you've blown it right there, when you've blown it, you can run to God. And say, God, I've blown it again, I've messed up. Oh, God, he invites us to come so that he can change our heart and attitude and we can draw close to him and get out of that mindset and repent of that sin. Yes, we need to repent of that sin. It's not okay to stay in it. I mean, he is a holy God. But because of the shed blood of Jesus, he made us worthy and able to come into his presence and experience him. And the one thing that's wonderful about God's presence is it's like when we get in his presence, it changes our perspective. We begin to see things from his perspective. And that's what we need. We need to quit seeing things from our own perspective because our perspective is pretty messed up. When we begin to see things from God's perspective, we realize, you know what? It's going to be okay. Even if this circumstance, this current circumstance, never changes as long as I live, when I see things from the eternal perspective, that thing becomes very little. And I realize, you know what? And I'll say this sometimes, you know, whether it's a financial situation you find yourself into or a hard situation relationally, you don't know how to, to figure it out and you don't feel like it's never going to end. And I'll say, you know what, God? At least I'm going to heaven. This situation may last for the next 50 years, but still I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be with you. And, you know, 100 years from now, I'm not going to even remember that. 
but I'm going to be with you forever. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Because when we're in, our mid of our, in the midst of our circumstances, it looks like it's everything. And it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to die and life is over. And it's not to belittle our circumstances. But we have to look at, we talk about reality. Yeah, our problems are reality. But the kingdom of heaven is even a more reality. And he wants us to see things from his perspective. Amen. And one thing I want to share, I've shared this before, and I'll close with this. I was in a desperate situation. I realized I'd been talking to Han, and I thought I had a great deal on a car. Remember the car, internet car? You guys remember my internet car? I'm still waiting. I haven't had it yet. I haven't gotten it yet. I just realized I got ripped off. $3,700 I just gave to a stranger. He ripped me off. $3,700. Gone. Just like that. And my soul, you can imagine your soul, when you realize what you just did and your soul is about to start screaming at you. The Holy Spirit said, begin to worship. I began to worship him. I expected my emotions to spiral down and for me to go into doom and gloom mode. I just began to pray in, in the spirit, my heavenly language, my prayer language, and I began to worship. And I was kind of waiting for my soul to bottom out, and it didn't. It was like his grace was sustaining me. I entered his presence by faith. Because all I wanted to do was cry, gripe, and moan, and groan, and God, how could you let me do something stupid like this? You could go into blame mode and everything. But his grace sustained me right there. And then he told me to do something. He says, you want to be free? I said, yeah, I want to be free. You going to give my money back? So I wanted, had nothing to do with the money. He said, do you want to be free? I said, yes. He was inviting me to engage him in a process. He said, I want you to write a letter to this man that just ripped you off. I wrote this letter, long story short, I, I shared the gospel, I shared the love of God, and I told him, I said, if I never see this money again, I pray every dollar of mine that you spend, that you're reminded of the love of God, and you become overwhelmed that he loves you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. And I begin just to spill this out on the computer, and I sent this long email, and I know he read it, because <laughs> he just got my $3,700. And my desire is that someday, if I don't see that guy on this planet, that I see him in heaven. And he comes and taps me on the shoulder. And I look at him. He says, you don't know me. My name, my name is so-and-so. I'm not going to say his name. My name is so-and-so. I'm the guy that ripped you off. I'm in heaven because of your prayer. But it was the presence of God engaging in worship that changed everything. Because $3,700 means a lot in the natural I don't have $3,700 just to be throwing out everywhere. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about reality check. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm your reality check. Amen? You know one thing? Um, man, I, I just appreciate you guys so much. I really do. Um, um, one of the things that, that um, I just was sharing with Greg that the Lord just kind of popped in my spirit as I was sitting here is we talk about uh, how many of us remember that song? We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. You know, that kind of stamps an age on me, doesn't it? You know? Um, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're doing the wrong kind of praising brother. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. But you know, as I was sitting there, he was saying, we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house. People, we are the house. We are the temple of God. We bring it inside of us. We let it change us. We let it, we, we, we worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We have that honor. We have that freedom to do that, you know. And, um, uh, you know, Let me see if I'll go go that direction. You know, sometimes as as worship leaders, you know, we can see things so black and white. Um, Kaylin's one of my worship leaders. Uh, she works. She she's one of the worship leaders here. Um, uh, my daughter and her husband are a set of worship leaders here. Um, and, and it's funny sometimes to be with them because they see things so different. We can walk off the stage, go backstage, and, and, and one of them goes, God, I don't ever want to do it again. And one of them's like, oh, man, that was so awesome. And I'm sitting here going, you know, 
what's happening here, you know? Um, <laughs> um, you know, I'm not going to say who said it, but um, we, God doesn't give us this big syringe to extract praise and worship from you all. We can't go out and go, today we're extracting and we're going to have this great worship service, you know. That, that you know, that's like giving blood. When you go give blood, which I won't go into, right, Shan? No. When you go give blood, <laughs> she's back there like, dear God, don't talk about this. You got to sign a, a permission. You got to give them permission to take blood from you. Well, God's not going to come up and go, by God, CJ, ha, I'm taking it out of you whether you like it or not. You're going to worship me. We, we go before the Lord and we say, we give you permission. And, and he, he's a gentleman. The Lord is a gentleman. He's not a bully that takes what he wants. And so when we say, we welcome you here, Holy Spirit. We welcome you to do what you want. Man, it is a beautiful road. It's a free and clear road. It's a road where we can go lose ourselves to Him. I could go into, um, there's a question that they go, is worship different than praise? What do you all say? We got a couple of, yeah, it is, you know. Yeah, worship's more of a time where, where it's the intimate, where we go, we're intimate before God. Praise is, well, a lot of you have seen the praise times in here. I mean, it, you know, we dance before the Lord. We, we, we do. I, I mean, we would probably be shocked to see what David did. Do you think? I mean, I mean, I'm sure David danced himself into some pretty awkward situations sometimes, you know. But. I feel like I, I want to kind of get to a place now. One of the things that I want to say to you all is, is I'm, I'm on a journey with you guys. This ain't something that I'm way out there ahead of you guys going, come on, catch up. I'm saying, let's go together. Let, let's, let's go together because... As we're doing this together, I, I'm telling you people, it's just a matter of time till this place here explodes. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I've been eliminating rolls out of here, rolls of chairs. And, and so we keep getting closer to you guys, or you keep getting further away. Or maybe we're creating a space for the Holy Spirit so people can just, woohoo, you know. But, um, um, yeah, we we kind of like, Kaylin and me, you don't want to get us together because we're like, yeah, let's leave out all the roles. Let's don't put chairs in here and see if they notice, you know. And she would do it if you gave her permission. I mean, she would... Um, but we are on a journey together in this. And so this is where I want to go with this as, as we kind of close this up. I, I feel like we're going to move into some, some worship time here in a little bit. Um, one of my things says, are you missing something if you're not doing this? I'm going to say, yes, you are. Do you guys agree with that? Um, yes or no? You agree? You agree? These two definitely agree. Um, Cornell's over there going, LeBron did not flop last night, man. And Greg's like, yes, he did. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cornell. I, I told you. I told you. No. no so, so um, but we are missing something if we're not doing this. Do we agree on that, guys? Amen. Okay. Um, in, in few words, because especially you two, you got such a, well, you too, Pastor. But um, uh, 
in worship and in prayer and in the word. Where are we going, guys? Now we're back on. Um, Just real quickly, I I believe that God wants to adjust our concept of worship. I believe we're seeing that, whether we really realize it or not. And in fact, it's not just worship, it's our concept of church. And, uh, you know, I, I truly believe that people have been scattered by religion, by tradition. And they're entrenched in their concepts and their processes of this, these things. They're entrenched in tradition and religion, including myself. I, I throw myself out there on that altar, too. Because I'm realizing being with these men, the Holy Ghost has put fingers in my life of, of wrong doctrine. Still doing it. God is wanting us to turn to Him. He's wanting us to yield ourselves to His direction and find the place where He has directed worship. And I, I want to submit to you Nehemiah 1.9. And this is the Good News translation. I think it brings it out so well. And I, I want you sometime just to go back and read the first chapter of Nehemiah and get the context of this. But Nehemiah has just been told some, some, some news about this state of his people, about the state of Jerusalem. And it says that he submitted himself, he tore his clothes, and he he went into prayer for many days, it said. And it was intercessory prayer. And so he's talking with God here. And he he talks about one particular point in his conversation. He's telling God some words that were told to the forefather. And he says, but God, you said, if we turn back to you and do what you've commanded, I'll bring you back to the place where I have chosen to be worshipped. Even though you're scattered to the ends of the earth, I'll bring you back to the place where I have chosen. I believe God is choosing a place for us to go, Pastor. And I believe it's different than where we've been. And I believe that we're going to be, those of us that are scattered, yo and far, in religion and tradition and wrong concepts, are going to be brought back if we'll do one thing, and that's turn to God in this and submit our concepts and be brought and drawn back to the place that He's called. Amen? Where are we going? You know, the thing that I feel the Lord wants me to, uh, to really say about where we're going, uh, two scriptures uh, immediately came to mind. One was in Romans 1, another was in Ephesians 4. But, you know, God's Word mentions that the whole creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. You, you, you with me? And, you know, and then in Ephesians 4, it talks about why God gave all the fivefold ministry that we all be built up, you know, not tossed to and fro by every uh, uh, tricky doctrine and all that other stuff. But, you know, that, that we're not swayed or, or tossed or dismayed. And really the phrase that kind of, sums all that up to me is that God wants to raise up kingdom-minded, a kingdom-minded church, not a church swayed by circumstance, not a church swayed by government, not a, a, a church swayed by what the enemy may or may not be doing, but a church that is resolute in the truth of God's word, that is resolute on whom they stand and in whom they stand, you know, and and, and that is the pursuit that we are striving for. That's where we're going. That we are, that we become among those who are the manifestation of the sons of God. Those who are mature ones of God. 
It's not, it's not just men. It used sons, but it's, it's, it's the men and women of God who know their God, who are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, who know the truth of God's word and stand on it, even when it is not easy to do so. You know, uh, those, those who put, who constantly put ourselves in a situation wherever our feet treads that allows God to manifest the kingdom of God in our lives. Amen. That they may, that those who don't know him may see our good works and magnify our father, which is in heaven. You know, that, that's the pursuit that we're, to me, that's Christ likeness. You know, uh, you know, more so we can get into minutiae and say, hey, you need to be doing this, 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 that, and the other. But I want to be like Christ. Amen. You know, it didn't matter. He can walk before Pontius Pilate. He can walk in any arena. And you didn't have to wonder if he was the son of God. You didn't have to wonder if he was a child of God. It was evident in how he spoke. It was evident through his faith. It was evident through his actions. And when storms came, he spoke to them. When difficulties came, he rose. Amen? And, and we live in a difficult time. You know, there is, you know, work is hard to find out there. Uh, economic situation is shaky and everything. And it's easy to be tempted to be swayed by those things. But that's not what God wants us to do. Now, our God is more powerful than that. Amen? And so, you know, I, I hope I hope that all makes sense. But but that's where we're going. That's why relationship is so important. You know, because I may be weak in an area where uh, where Stephen is strong, where Omid is strong. And, you know, I need those brothers to help me be Christ-like in that area. Amen? Not to just say, oh, well, that's just Cornell. You know, that's just who he is. You know, just pray for the brother. No, challenge me. Because it's not okay for me to be there. Love me, but challenge me. You know? And that's where God wants us to be. Invite that. Invite the challenge. Invite the accountability. Because you know how important that accountability is in Christ being formed in you in a greater way. Amen? And so, and so Todd, thank you again, brother. This is awesome. Todd is inviting us in that area of worship. He's challenging us. You know, what heart are we bringing to this whole situation? You know, uh, am I here, surrender to the Lord? Am I here, you know, to give him all that I've got? You know, am I here, despite what's going on in my life, I'm here to praise, I'm here to worship, I'm here to sing, I'm here to dance, I'm here to shout. I don't know why those people are bouncing around in the front. That's not how I'm used to doing it. That's not how we did it at my home church. You know what? You need to join in. Amen. It's new, but if that's what God, if that's what God is doing, we need to develop a heart that if that's the thing that God is doing, then I've got to overcome my doubts. I've got to overcome my inhibitions, and I've got to dive into what God is doing. Amen. Notice I keep standing up. <laughs> I can't be still when I. What I just want to talk about real briefly is what is this going to look like? You know, we're talking about praise and worship, talking about God's presence. What is it going to look like? And I believe in my heart, talking about a, a culture of expecta expectation, it's going to look like husbands and wives coming together. You know, bad marriages being put back together, becoming marriages that other people envy. Broken and messed up families becoming strong again because of the presence of God being invited into our homes. It's going to look like people giving themselves in abandonment to worshiping the king. It's going to look like an a, a army of people who are laying their lives down because they're so in love with him and they're allowing him to have his way in their lives that they totally go out and say, you got to come know the Jesus that I know. It's going to look like when we're here corporately worshiping him, 
that we don't have to lay hands on the sick. The sick get healed as they come into his presence. And we don't have to grit our teeth at cancer, which I do too hate, brother. But we just, we have our, our cancer-ridden victim, or friends or relatives say, would you just come with me on Sunday? Because we're so confident of what's going to happen in the presence of God. That the miracles that we talk about and the healings that we talk about and dream about and, and wonder about why it's not happening, that we begin to see it happen on a level that we've never seen it happen before. The Bible says that where God's people dwell together in unity, there he commands his blessing, life forevermore. We're going to be a people of faith as we engage in what God says to engage in. We're a people of faith that do what God says to do, and we're going to see the results that God wants. We're going to see, you know, Cornell talked about being a king, people with a kingdom mindset. Where Jesus said, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe we're going to see a greater manifestation of the kingdom of God in our midst, particularly corporately as well as individually. And so and I believe this is the vehicle, the praise and worship is the vehicle that God has given us to ride into that. So how many of you are going to hop on board? Or how many of you are going to just sit on the side of the road and just watch us all go by? And as Todd is saying, oh, we want to invite you as our family. And we appreciate what you've allowed us to, when we experiment and say, okay, we're going to try something. And everybody just said, okay, let's try it. If it doesn't work, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. For example, those nasty communion little cup things with the wafers. Remember those? That didn't work. <laughs> we're not doing that anymore. But I appreciate the heart of you people to saying, we want what God wants. Let's, let's go. We don't, know how, we don't have it all figured out. We don't necessarily know what it looks like, but let's, let's move in this direction. But one thing we do know is God, he established praise, he, he honors and loves worship, and he gives us the opportunity to worship him. And so I, I just want to say as a family, let's go together. Amen? Amen. You know, one of the things that um, we are, we have talked about, because, um, we know that the direction that we feel the Holy Spirit is, is driving things, the direction that the Lord's taking this, you know, and, and um, believe me, you know, we, we, we stand behind our pastor. All these men right here, uh, you know, we stand behind our pastor. And um, we, we've just kind of kind of aligned ourselves with his heart. And... Um, you know, you, you got some incredible men setting up here. You got some incredible people in this body. Um, I mean, <laughs> what I see here is a teacher, a preacher, and an evangelist, and, and a, a germex, you know. And um, that means I'm half German, half Mexican. So, anyways, um, and I used to cowboy for five years. Believe it or not, I cowboyed for five years, and I had an all-Mexican cruise with me, and, and they were like, what are you? you? You don't speak Spanish to us. And I was like, I can't. I'm a Germex. No, no Germexes. And I was like, yeah, there, there is. But um, I don't know why I got off on that, but, but praise God. <laughs> I hate when I do that because now I can't remember where I was going. Uh, you know. But, um, you know, the thing that we are excited about and, and that, that we are very, very passionate about, especially on these nights of worship that I, I think we're going to see more of, you know, that we're going to do more of them and, and, and we're going to see things is, is people... I believe there is gifting setting in all of you. And they're they're just they're just either been kind of kicked into being dormant or been hurt and, and went into being dormant, or you just don't quite know they're there yet. But I'm telling you, I you know, one of our things is is we want to see giftings come out of you people because it benefits the world, man. And for for 
you know, I know we have a passion to reach Stillwater, Payne County, um, and, and to go out from there, you know. You know, one of the things is, is we feel that the, the, the eye has turned inward. And, and what I mean by that, you know, is, is we're, we're looking at, at this body. We're looking at Stillwater. We're looking at what God wants to do in the midst of these people. And I'm telling you, it's got to start somewhere. And we have, we do not have the heart where we want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We just want new bathwater. We want fresh bathwater with lots of babies in it. You know, and, well, I won't go into the Southwest motto, praise God. That's up to CJ. He, but let me tell you, this is who I am. I, I am I'm going to be me. I want you to be you. I want you to, if, if you've got a problem with this, freely come and speak to Pastor CJ. Freely. Unload on him. He hasn't had enough of that this year. But, but seriously, if you'll stand up with me, we're not going to close in prayer just yet. We, we are going to, um, we, we want to spend a little time in, in worship with you guys. We want to go before the Lord and just uh, sing a couple worship tunes. Let's uh, do that Break Every Chain. Hallelujah. So just go ahead and start preparing your hearts right now. Just open your hearts up. We are shifting right now into the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Father God. We just give you glory in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.